Hello and welcome to another episode of Triassic Park. And today we are covering Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous. And it's just me. Uh, we will be going through all three of the seasons. Uh, not completely in depth. This is kind of more of like a fun, looser episode. We're just chatting about my opinions of the show as a whole and uh you know getting to uh give my opinions and thoughts about about the show uh and first things first we really should probably just right off the bat talk about the art style um we are gonna have spoilers throughout this entire show um because i'm talking about three seasons of a television show uh, they're all on netflix now uh they're really quick really easy to get through um, and, uh, if you're interested in the show after listening to this, I would suggest you check it out sooner rather than later because they release new seasons at a alarming rate. Um, literally this show has three seasons and it started last year. So yeah, they are really kind of going all in on, uh, doing fast paced 10 episode chunks, uh, to uh, give you some dinosaur goodness. Uh, but yeah, so first things first, we really should just talk about the art style. And that's probably where it's pr probably the thing that will probably put people off the most. Uh, and I would admit, it. every time I watch the show, the dinosaurs all look amazing, like really good. Like I love the look of uh, every dinosaur that appears on the show. The humans can take a little bit getting used to um as we kind of go in and, and talk about the show as a whole i don't think that this really detracts from the show or detracts from the experience it's just something that if you're like me and you have like weird expectations uh for how humans look um this will sometimes get close to that interesting uncanny valley effect um but usually by about the first 20 minutes like so that first episode i'm kind of like a little bit like wow people look weird in the show but uh after that it just kind of becomes the norm and everything's kind of normalized and just kind of you know gets gets into the rhythm uh and i just want to say it is really fun for me to talk about this show because this is an episode of triassic park covering a thing about jurassic world and the show is called camp cretaceous so we're getting all dinosaurs from every walk of life uh so i thought that was a really fun weird pun that i can do um the show is an integral uh of sorts um between jurassic world and jurassic world fallen kingdom now whether or not you like those uh movies uh because i know that's kind of controversial as to whether or not some people really like jurassic world and uh you know fallen kingdom other people do not there's a whole bunch of people i know who just do not like those movies and do not have any interest in them uh i would say i think i would give this show a shot either way because i think the writing is like really really good um and again this is coming from somebody admittingly admittedly i do enjoy both those movies quite a bit so there is is less of a buy-in for me um so it's less of a hurdle to kind of get in if i if you, if you didn't perhaps like those movies um but i i will say that the writing is like really really well done and it really does make the best use of 
of the setting, which is Jurassic World. And Jurassic World is basically like, oh, what if Jurassic Park actually opened and was super successful? And that is where we kind of open up the show at that first season. And it's the a bunch of these kids are enrolled in like a, a kid's park version uh, of Jurassic Park. So it's called Camp Cretaceous, where you just kind of go. Uh, there's a few, there's about... Yeah, so there's six kids, and they are enrolled at Camp Cretaceous, and there's, like, two counselors, uh, one of which was played by Jamila Jamal, and another person is played by Glenn Powell. Um, Glenn Powell, uh, I did not recognize his voice off the top of my head. But, yeah, just looking at Glenn Powell's face, uh, I will tell you right now, the reason why I know him is he was Chad Radwell in Scream Queens, which is a hilarious show. Um, and he was a hilarious character on that show. Uh, and I guess it does fit. Um, but yeah, so the first episode, uh, and the first season as a whole takes place right before Jurassic World happens and Jurassic World. The thing that really kicks off Jurassic World is the Indominus Rex escapes and the Indominus is like a a dinosaur hybrid and he just kind of goes and just wrecks, wrecks shop, wrecks things. Uh, And this obviously kind of affects the kids and the kids are pretty much set into a life or death scenario uh, with this Indominus Rex running about and the Indominus has, you know, has all of these... after effects of of his conquests and basically all these dinosaurs get loose and this the the first season is really the kids trying to rally up and get off the island and get to the safety of the docks where they will get brought out of jurassic worlds and back to the real world um and it's kind of intercut with both uh, Roxy and Dave, who are the two counselors, as they're trying to get back with the kids, get the kids off the island safe. Now, this first season is is really... I was really kind of blown away by this first season because I wasn't sure really what to expect, and I really was kind of impressed by just how right off the bat we really do get into uh, life-or-death situations for these kids. Like, uh, all of the kids have, like, a pretty good uh, back-and-forth. They have, like, a really good repartee, so you're kind of like, oh, yeah, this is cool. It's like a kid's show. It's nothing, nothing too crazy will happen. And then the Indominus shows up and just eats a whole bunch of people. Uh, none of the kids get killed, spoiler alert, but uh, everyone around them, like, most adults around them get completely demolished and eaten. Uh, and let me just say, it was a surprise because I was like, oh, did not expect the Indominus to just literally eat those people. Wow, uh, and it, and it's it's kind of fun because that the first season they they create like a it's 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 interesting because the dinosaur is almost like it there's like one of these moments where it's uh you know in the if this was the movie like the the dominus almost gets a sidekick dinosaur which is like (laughs) really fascinating (laughs) and it's like a carnotaurus uh and they they nickname him toro um and that's really the villain of that first like spast of uh this first season that's really the villain of the first season is the kids are trying to escape the rampaging consequences of the indominus but they're really being hunted by toro who is a carnotaurus who like (laughs) like, i swear to goodness he just like bows to the indominus and like yes my master i will take out the kids yes yes you are the king uh, and I, I just, you know, it's, it's kind of fun. I, I really like that. And, and it really does kind of set a, a lower stake.
snakes um, in terms of dinosaurs. Because, right, because it's not like the, they're not being chased by raptors. If they were being chased by raptors, the kids would get eaten super quick. Uh, but Toro is just smart enough and just small enough as well to, like, really give the kids a hard time. Because the the size, uh, the smaller size of the, the, you know, of the Carnotaurus really does go in favor for the, the script and the story because he can just get into places that say a T-Rex wouldn't be able to get. And again, like I said, he's not raptor size, so he wouldn't just immediately eviscerate the kids. So there are things that you can set up as like a barrier for him. Uh, and he's really that perfect mid-sized dino to really start the, 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 the season and the series off with as an antagonist. Spoiler alert, they don't make it off the island. It doesn't happen. And uh, throughout this entire experience, you know, all of these kids have uh, a lot of um, interesting arcs. Uh, you know, the, we really start the, the show off and get introduced to our main kid, uh, which is Darius Bowman. And he is a kid who had a dad who passed away um dude they don't i don't believe they specify the illness i i would imagine it was i think it might have been cancer uh but his dad passed away and his dad and him were always really devoted to uh one day visiting jurassic park and jurassic world and that was really the thing that was really gonna be the thing they did together like that was kind of one of their goals and as such Darius is like a textbook dinosaur kid knows all the facts has everything down pat and it is really through him that we get introduced to the different dinosaur species and what they what they like and how you know what to do about them and a lot of the times the kids are actually looking towards him to figure out why uh, a dinosaur's acting a specific way and who this dinosaur is. Is this dinosaur a threat? And then Darius really kind of helps him through it. Uh, but one of the things that's really interesting about his character is that he's not always right, right? Like he's a kid. He's still a kid. He doesn't know everything. Uh, and, you know, it's a, it's a constant learning experience for him as well. Um, the other leads, we got Yasmina Fadula. Uh, and she is like the super competent one, one of the group. Like if everyone else did not exist on this island, I'm pretty sure Yasmina would be fine. Like, Yasmina would have probably managed to run Cap Cretaceous herself. Uh, she's really fast. She's smart. Um, and it, anytime they need something physical to be done, like, they really kind of lean on her because, uh, yeah, she's the one who has it done. Uh, we've got Brooklyn, who is played uh, by Jenny Ortega. Apologies, uh, I didn't mention the other actress. Uh, Darius Bowman is played by Paul Miguel Williams. And Yasmina Fandula is played by Kassar Mohammed. Uh, but anyway, so Brooklyn is the <laughs> is the one that maybe is gonna probably throw people off at first because she's kind of a social media influencer. That's kind of her thing, which can sometimes get a little too much over the board. Like it's really hard because like she'll be like, ah, oh, my Brooklyn fam, Brook fam, and stuff like that, and she'll use a lot of those keywords that uh if you're over the age of 20 you're kind of like ugh, do we do we doing this we, this is what we're doing uh but that's the point of her character and the point of her character is to grow because she gets in the course of all this she gets disconnected from her fan base and her uh obsession with technology um because she's now in camp cretaceous and there ain't no internet in camp cretaceous uh then you got i 
honestly one of my favorite characters uh kenji khan who is played by ryan potter and he is like the rich kid of the group uh he is amazing kenji is is textbook like rich kid um but also he does actually have like a good heart on his uh, at the end of the day and that leads to a lot of interesting uh dynamics especially later on in in the show because he really does grow um even if his character from the outset and from the first glance uh you wouldn't maybe notice the difference between him in season one and season three but there is a clear character growth because he really grows to care about all of these kids uh and i also just find his character very funny like he's a very funny character uh and then we have uh sammy gutierrez uh played by Rani rodriguez and she is also again one of my one of my other favorite characters like she comes from like uh, a ranching background uh and has dealt with a lot of big farm animals and she's got a secret She's a spy. Whoa, oh my goodness. I can't believe it. What is going to happen? Because she's a spy. Uh, and, you know, that that really kind of comes into play mostly into the first season. And then the implications of it come in terms of the, uh, the, the third season. It really kind of comes around. Um, because we find out she is working for a... Th- a, a thing called manticore which i don't believe we've ever heard of uh manticore is not a thing that i'm familiar with in jurassic world or jurassic park or any of them and like i've i'm not gonna say i've i've gotten everything in jurassic uh fandom because uh, i'm sure there's like been uh, plenty of like comics and stuff like that that I haven't uh, read, but as a whole, though, I think uh, I do think this is kind of like a new, new thing. Uh, and she is she is really she has a good heart. She's she's only spying so that she can help get her family out of debt. So I think that was like a that like a they really uh, set up a really interesting dynamic and give her a reason to be the way she is. Um, and it's really cool. And then our final member who goes through the most obvious arc of the bunch through these seasons is Ben Pincus, uh, uh, played by Sean Girambone. Giambrone, probably mispronouncing that. My apologies, Sean. Uh, and he is... He starts the show as basically being Franklin from Fallen Kingdom, which I thought was fascinating because it's like the exact same character trope and character dynamic of someone being who's like super afraid super super nervous about the world and like uses a lot of hand sanitizer and it's like very much like uh we better be prepared i have to be prepared for everything everything scares me uh and then uh you know obviously that character would not do well or survive very long in jurassic uh jurassic world so he obviously goes to an arc, uh, but we'll kind of get to that. And yeah, so that's the main cast, and uh, they have a really good dynamic and really good back and forth, and that just leads to like a really good first season. I think the first season is is one of the uh, of the best. It's it's hard to say which one is the best because there are things that happened in later seasons that are really good and i like them a lot um but i do think that like just from the the get-go um just learning about these characters in that first season is actually like a really 
a good treat. Um, and it's it's interesting because like I always find it difficult to go back to an earlier season of a show when characters were not as connected because I always like where they're at. Uh, and that that is true for Jurassic World, but I do think that the initial push and the initial introduction between these characters is strong enough to even even for me to get past that and and be interested in doing a rewatch. I also really like Jurassic World. I really like Jurassic World the movie, and I like figuring out all of these different areas of the park that they get to visit in season one. Uh, I believe it's season one uh, has one of the things that's like at the at the onset is kind of like, oh, that's cool. But when you really think about it, it's pretty fucked up. Um, they go through this underground tunnel and you find out that they have uh, Dr. Wu has presumably, uh, presumably Dr. Wu. I, there's a whole bunch of people on the genetics team, I'm sure. But I'm going to guess is Dr. Wu uh, made the a bunch of parasolophuses. Uh, have bioluminescence so they would look pretty in like an underground water tunnel like so their entire existence is just for uh somebody else to gawk at and uh, and it's like it's like cool but it's also like damn like that's messed up like i can't believe that um they did that so i'm not really sure why they would uh go ahead and do that but you know they did but i little things like that really make Jurassic World um, feel more like a complete park. And, you know, you get all of the stuff that you would get in that first, like in Jurassic World, the movie, you get to see and visit all those other spots. uh, And you also get to spend time with them after they fail to get off the island. Um, Because, yeah, so what happens is they're getting ready to go off the island. Um, They're on that, they're on the tram system. They're getting ready to go back. And I think that they go on the wrong tram. I think so. Regardless, the tram gets attacked. And in that attack, Ben falls off, we think, to his death. And I was like, holy crap, did they just kill that character? Like, oh, my goodness. Uh, He didn't die. We'll get to what happens to him in a second. Um, And they end up not being able to make it to the evacuation point. And the kids are left on the island. Uh, And... Dave and Roxy are trying to like hold the hold the boat, make it so like that they don't they don't run away. But uh, yeah, no, they they're gone. They gone. They uh, have to leave. And then we never see Ben and Roxy again, uh, which I, I I'm kind of uh, sorry, Dave and Roxy. I don't know why I said Ben and Roxy. I'm thinking about Ben who fell off. But anyways, uh, we never see them again, which I was kind of like, why do we ever see these characters again? Like they were kind of set up as like main characters and like. I guess it probably would have taken away from the feeling of isolation, especially in season two where they are, it's very clear that they're alone and they're kind of abandoned, but I still would have maybe liked to have a scene or something, uh, or even like an ancillary material. I don't know, a comic, something that has Roxy and Dave being like, Hey, we need to arrange a rescue for these kids. Uh, oh gosh, we're how are we how are we ever gonna get jobs again? If our last reference was we lost a bunch of kids at Jurassic Park, like I'm pretty sure this would destroy their lives, and I'm pretty sure they would have like lawsuits and stuff. Like it'd probably not be great for Ben and Roxy. Um, so 
<laughs> Dave and Roxy, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Dave. I'm sorry. Uh, but yeah, so we never see them again. Uh, maybe we will see them again, but I'm kind of doubting it at this point um, because it's been two seasons where we haven't got head nor tail of them. And we get heads and tails of a lot of other things, mainly dinosaurs. Haha. Anyway, so the second season is 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 good. Is good. I've heard people feel like that maybe there's a little bit of filler in the second season, in that we have to kind of make it so that there are ways they almost get off the island, but they don't get off the island. They almost get off the island, they don't get off the island, because they'll end up kind of meeting up with two hunters in this season. Uh, that would end up being kind of the main antagonists. And that would be Mitch and Tiff, which are voiced. I didn't realize this. Again, it's one of those things where you don't really realize uh, some of the voices behind the the show because they're pretty good. Like it's pretty, it's pretty well acted, especially in the voice department. Because I didn't realize that Mitch was Bradley Whitford and Tiff was Stephanie Beatrice. And I, those are I love them both. They're like great actors and performers. So I don't know why I did not put the uh, things together that they are the 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 villains of the show because they they show up looking very much like uh, Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler. Um, they they are like kind of dressed in a very similar way, so that when you first see them, you're going to just be like, oh yeah, they're good, they're trustworthy. This is like Alan Grant and Ellie Sattler. Like, nothing could go wrong. They're good. They're gonna, they're gonna save. We're gonna save for kids. Heck yeah! Woo! They're gonna save them. Turns out, they're just hunters. They're just hunters. They want to show up, hunt some dinosaurs, and leave. And uh, yeah, they just they had no interest in the kids. Um, they're kind of jerks, and they suck. So it's kind of good when they get eaten. So it's awesome. They both get eaten. Tiff and Mitch get eaten. So, sucks to be them, I guess. Yeah, so that, that second season is really them kind of fleshing out the island itself, uh, fleshing out who's on the island, some of the consequences of leaving the island in the way that it was left. Uh, I, I would say especially, like, we find, uh, you know, some dinosaurs that were kind of caged up and put into cages that were not looked after at all like no one left them out nobody did anything to them so these animals are just slowly kind of starve and die and that does lead to some very interesting areas um because we aren't really sure whether or not they should rescue some of them because some of the dinosaurs are meat eaters and carnivores and will probably like attack them and go ham on them and and be awful um and yeah like you can kind of see that um but turns out that they are kind of uh the the villains um but the 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 this trio of baryonises that are uh kind of rescued and reunited through this uh, episode and they kind of become the secondary antagonists, but really, they're kind of the heroes because they eat, they eat, they eat the people. They eat a bunch of people. They they just go nom 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 nom. Um, Mitch actually gets eaten by Rexy because I, I you you. It's easy to forget that um, they have a open the season, uh, second season with 
going about the Tyrannosaurus paddock because they're trying to get activate a beacon to get off the island. And the T-Rex is kind of, um, you know, did what they did. Uh, the the T-Rex is just kind of nesting. Rexy is just like bringing stuff into her pen and kind of making it into a nest. And I I don't know, that was kind of cool. That was kind of cool. It was... It was nice to see Rexy again. It was nice to kind of get an idea of what that that entire area looked like post the end uh, of Jurassic World because there was that big dust up in that in that movie that ended up having a uh, pretty amazing uh, destruction sequences of that entire area, and um, it was cool to see the aftermath of that, um, and I think that kind of worked out really well in the favor. And, uh, yeah, so season two is definitely like a transitional, uh, season, uh, because a lot of it is kind of set up and trying to figure out exactly what is going on. A lot of characters are kind of in the middle of their arcs. Darius is very trusting of the, 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 the rescuers at first, uh, Ben comes back in, uh, because we find out Ben didn't die and it was just him and Bumpy, the cutest, uh, little ankylosaur, uh, who who was in the first season. So Bumpy is like a baby ankylosaur that they find who is kind of dismissed by Dr. Rue because she has like, uh, she's, she's asymmetrical. Um, and he, uh, you know, Bumpy is rescued by Ben and they have a friendship. Um, and anyways, they end up finding each other after Ben falls off and then ha- Bumpy gets um, a huge growth spurt and is like pretty much like an adolescent ankylosaur, which may be my favorite episode of the entire show. That's just Ben and Bumpy alone trying to figure out how to live and how to uh, interact with each other and Ben having to like kind of figure out how he has to get on on his own because he thinks he's trapped on the island completely alone. And uh, they have a lot of interesting uh, battles and interesting survival elements to that that I that I just really enjoyed. So I think that probably is my favorite episode of the entire show. Um, but that's that's one of those episodes where it's really all about a transition about what happens with him for when he encounters our main group again. So there's a lot of areas that you know have a lot of uh, growth. Uh, everyone's kind of growing. Everyone's kind of changing in this season. And I think it is like a really fun season that just kind of goes goes pretty quick. Um, and we get a lot of sense of defeat. These kids like do not end this season on a high note um, because they're all pretty feeling pretty defeated uh, at the end of the season because they lost their escape they have no nothing that's really happening and um when they're doing everything that happens in the season um they accidentally unleash a new cryostasis monster he's a he's a monster they made another one there's another there's another hybrid but the hot so that they accidentally un- unleash the scorpius rex because the scorpius rex was trapped in cryostasis um we don't actually get the name scorpius rex at first he's just e750 for a while but you know they slash them are e750 um but you know 
in season three we get we get we get Scorpius Rex. So it's like, yay, Scorpius Rex, Scorpius Rex, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Scorpius Rex. They're so cool. Um, because now we're getting into season three. Season three, which just came out, uh, and was a blast. Um, all of the seasons, um, and all of these series just go super quick. They are just super quick. They really kind of run. Uh, run away with an idea with uh, everything that's going on and you just kind of follow the entire adventure through and uh if you're like me you just do it all in one night you just do it all at once you just go all in all the time and you get um a great season a, a, a truly great season i i love season three uh very exciting very uh optimistic um, and surprising because, um, you know, as we kind of get into this element of the plot, unknown to us, we have officially entered Fallen Kingdom territory. So a, a, the last half of this season takes place right at the beginning of of Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom when we see all those people show up, when the mercenaries show up and they steal the remains of the Indominus Rex so that Henry Rue can make the Indoraptor. And uh, that stuff kind of takes place in this season. We get a lot more detail as to who those people were, why they were there, who they were, who else they were with, Dr. Wu was with them, which we had no idea. Um, and it really kind of fleshes out that opening scene in a way that I really liked. Uh, I thought that was really, it was really smart, really good way to um, give a, an ending to that idea and that, that, that element of the plot. Because most of season three is mostly them trying to get in and fix the yacht that was destroyed by the Baryonyxes when they ate Tiffany last <laughs> last season because Tiffany and Mitch arrived on a on a boat. They tried to escape on the yacht. Um, Tiffany did, um, but um, she got eaten by two Baryonyxes because they showed up and they were nom, 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 because she resulted in one of the deaths of uh, one of their friends. So, you know. Pretty sad, pretty sad for them. So I can see why they would show up and just eat the crap out of her. We don't know where the Baryonyxes went, by the way. We have no idea where they went. We don't know where they went because they were on that. They were on the boat. And then they're not on the boat when they get there, presumably, because the season, season three ends with them, spoiler alert, getting the yacht fixed and set off into shore and when they're going off into shore and like they're going into the ocean we see a close-up on a area of the ship and hear like dinosaur sounds but i don't think that's the baryonyxes because it wouldn't make any sense because they're like they literally have like a beach party on this yacht because they're like yeah we're safe gonna have a beach party hang out have fun um and the Baryonyxes are just like, they're not, they don't show up then. So the Baryonyxes probably like hopped on, ate Tiff, went off to, I don't know, go off and play cards or something. I don't know, gamble. 
was probably a casino in Jurassic World. We'll find it at next season or whatever. Uh, they 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 gone off and do their own thing. Um, <laughs> much like Toro, because Toro, uh, the Carnotaurus, um, just gets gets kind of defeated by the kids. He doesn't die. They just kind of like blow up a bunch of stuff in his face, and like he gets a little limp, and he has to walk away. He's all sad. He like walks away sad. Because he's all defeated. Uh, but he never comes back. Sotoro never comes back. The Baryonyxes never show up again. Um, maybe, you know, we'll find out that they, they got their own boat. They they got a, on a boat of their own. Or maybe Toro was just that. Uh, was that the uh, Carnotaurus from the very beginning of uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom when uh, the T-Rex um, destroys the poor guy. So maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Rest in peace, Taro, presumably. Rest in peace, Baryonyxes. You guys is cool. Hope you guys are doing well wherever you're at right now. Um, they're probably dead, but hey, you never know. You never know. There was a Baryonyx in Fallen Kingdom. Anyways, anyways, this is entirely unrelated. Um, so they find the yacht. They're trying to get the yacht back and up and running. They run into some problems. They get some holes. They mess things up a little bit. Uh, and they figure out they have to go and they have to get more fuel and get and like everything everything possible that you need to get this yacht back up and running they do so that includes boat parts fixing holes fixing everything they have to they pretty much have to like completely rehaul and retool um this entire boat (laughs) in order to uh, get get off uh of the island and everything that happens around that um, is kind of the main thrust uh, of this season, uh, which includes uh, some amazing stuff. Like they they end up going to um, Kenji's dad's yacht house. Like it's like it's, it's not a yacht house. It's like a safe house. But it like it's a it's like a a huge like apartment building in the middle of Jurassic World, and I'm like. How have I never seen this thing before? Like, this is, like, tall. Like, I guess, uh, you know, uh, the the island's pretty, like, rocky, and there's a lot of hills and stuff, so, like, maybe, sure, whatever, it's fine. But it was a little bit surprising that um, there's just this giant uh, <laughs> apartment building and it has a pet house and everything in uh, in Jurassic World. But it was all Kenji's, so they had to, like, go, and they have some things of, like, oh, my God, Kenji. Kenji, where are the photos of you? Your daddy did not love you. Oh, woe is me. And, uh, you know, some good moments. I'm kind of being facetious, but they do. They always seem to really integrate a lot of really intelligence and really smart uh, character moments. So it does work. I think it does. It does definitely work. Um, So, yeah, so they they introduce that. And then... We really start to get stuff with the, the Scorpius Rex, which is the E750 that escaped last season. And they also, we also get Blue. Blue shows up. And you're like, what? Oh, my God. They show up with Blue. They have a thing with Blue where they they have to uh, save her because uh, they, they meet up with Blue. Blue is like, oh, hello, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm, I'm going to eat you. I am a raptor. Of course, I need some num-nums. And they escape her in a vehicle. The vehicle uh, flips over, 
it pins her over and then they they help blue so blue is kind of like all right kids you are in this one i'm not gonna eat you today but just you wait next time i see you i might have a darius sandwich and they're like oh no um and it's kind of fun because i think it didn't look it was weird because it i think it was supposed to be the the jeep that gets overturned she nests on in fallen kingdom but it doesn't really look like that jeep i'll have to watch fallen kingdom again because like i thought the jeep that she was on was like literally the classic jp jeep uh and i don't it didn't really look like that but you know maybe i was just kind of zoning out and maybe it was an exact replica but i'm not really sure um and her inclusion is is very is very useful because uh turns out the scorpius rex um he messes stuff up he's mean he's a mean man he's not fun at all he's just an asshole he just fucking kills everyone scorpius rex just shows up and is like hey fuck you and go nom 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 and just eats them all up He's really, uh, he's really a jerk. That's Scorpius Rex, let me tell you. Not a fun guy. Not a fun guy. Wouldn't be fun at parties. Um, he is like a... So he was like a... We find out from like Dr. Wu footage, uh, which... So I actually thought that uh, he was voiced by B.D. Wong, uh, but it turns out, no, he was actually voiced by a uh, voice actor called Greg Chun. Um, and he does like a really good version of... Uh, of Wu, uh, because Wu actually does appear in this season, um, at, 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 at near the end when we kind of mix up everything that's going on plot wise with Fallen Kingdom. Uh, but he also kind of does give a lot of exposition as far as the Corpiat Rex, where we find out like, oh, this was a prelude to the Indominus, but it was too unstable, so I had to put it into cryo sleep. And it has like spines that if you get hit by it, you get poisoned, and you have to get the antidote or you die. And you know all all that stuff where you're like, okay, someone's gonna get hit by that thing. Okay, cool. They're gonna have to kill this thing. Cool. It's it it exists as like a prototype. So cool. Um, and I love it. I love the Scorpius Rex. Scorpius Rex is treated really spookily. Like, he's very spooky. When you finally get a good glimpse at him, you're like, oh my goodness. He's a scary looking... He's a scary looking... And um, he's very dangerous. He's very, like, unhinged. Like, he will kill you real quick. Like, he has no no bones about just nom 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 and you um and you have to get pretty creative um for some reason he has thermal vision i don't really know why <laughs> like so thing with dinosaurs like i don't know why like i don't know if dinosaurs had predator vision but hey maybe maybe they did uh but he definitely does and when they when they do like a fire really like distracts him because of the heat it makes off and he's like ooh, look he's pretty cool um but eventually like you know Scorpius is chasing him around. Turns out there's actually two of them, and you're like, "What?" And it's like, "Oh yes, he asexually reproduced." And I'm like, "Okay." So yeah, so Scorpius Rex just pulls a Godzilla 1998 and just asexually reproduces, and now there's two uh, Scorpius Rexes, but they both seem about the same age, and they don't like each other very much, and they're like, "So that's a few times the kids like." from that amazing impression i did i know i know give me all the awards uh escape because uh the two things hate each other and uh eventually they have to fight them in the og visitor center which they visit again 
but this will be the last time anyone visits this visitor center. But he has a one, the island is about to explode. And uh, two, because they fucking destroy it. Because the Scorpuses are running around. All of a sudden, Blue shows up and Blue's like, yeah, gotta find another freaking stupid hybrid. Bring it on. And she's just like, she helps him out. And then they knock the, the roof down uh, of the visitor center. And the visitor center roof just kills them both. Uh, Blue escapes, obviously, because she's in the movies. But now you really have to think about how Blue just is unkillable. Blue is like a serial... Blue is literally basically a hybrid serial killer. Like, anytime a hybrid dinosaur shows up, she gonna kill it. She gonna kill it. Um, I wouldn't let her around any hybrid dinosaurs of any time. No. Not good. Keep him away from Blue. Blue will kill him. Um, but yeah, so that was Blue. Blue shows up. And then we get right into the amazing, just the ending of, uh, uh, sorry, the, the beginning of Fallen Kingdom, where you see all the mercenaries show up, and they get eaten, they get mauled, and everything like that. And we also get a thing of Wu showing up on the island to get his research notes, but they go, oh my god. All the kids are like, oh my god, Wu is dangerous, we can't let him do this and keep making hybrids. So they try to steal it, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't work out well for them. But eventually, you know, Dr. Wu just goes, all right, whatever, I'm leaving. Because, <laughs> like, they're like, okay. Like, all these mercenaries are like, we're going to shoot you, kids. We're going to kill you. Um, but after Wu learns that, um, you know, they have the Indominus Rex piece, and his laptop gets destroyed because there's a whole bunch of Ankylosaurus. It's a thing. Uh, you know, Ben leads an army of Ankylosaurus against Dr. Wu, as you do, obviously. Uh, I wish I could do that. That would be fun. Deal with all the problems with just a horde of Ankylosaurus just show up. Like, hey, DMV, give me my license or I'll throw a bunch of Ankylosaurus at you. Hey, you... You suck. Here's a bunch of ankylosaurs. Like, that would be fun. But no one dies, and they escape. Well, plenty of people, humans, <laughs> plenty of adults die in this show, but I don't think in this this specific scenario anyone dies. Uh, and because they have the sample from the Indominus, Dr. Wu's like, eh, screw you, screw you, kids. We're, we're going home. Screw you guys. You suck. Um, and uh, they go off into the distance. They're going towards Costa Rica. Because uh, the kids go back, grab the yacht, and take off and head off to Costa Rica. So that's where we really end the show. It's a good show. It's a good show. I like it. I'm interested to see where it goes from here on out. I would be fascinated if we get too many more seasons. Because I think at max you have like one more season. But unless they somehow end up back on the island again, which seems like it would kind of suck. Um, you know, maybe Isla Nublar, I don't know, I don't know, <sighs> maybe Site B, maybe we'll end up there, and we'll get to get a reunite, reunited with my boy, the Spinosaurus, who I'm sure is just hanging out, being cool, definitely not being aquatic, because, uh, this was made before that discovery, uh, and just, you know, getting up to, getting up to mischief, so, yeah, if you haven't seen the show, You should. It's quite good. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.